Uh, I'd like to do a quick poll, an interesting poll, uh, with us this morning. How many of us here today were not born in Mumbai? If I can just request you to just, just raise a show of hands, uh, right? Not born in Mumbai. That's probably well over 50%. And I'm not surprised at, at, at all. And I think it'll be safe to assume that we all come to Mumbai seeking something, a better career perhaps, uh, better education, better, more recognition as, as, as an artist. And if we pause and, and look back, we can also safely say that Mumbai has given us all something. For some of us perhaps, and I perhaps fall in that category, Mumbai has perhaps really defined us. A few, few weeks ago, we designed uh, these new welcome cards, which kind of communicate who we are as a church. And I'd like to call uh, our attention uh, to the small print below the main headline. It'll come up uh, for us. And let me read that out for us. It basically says, work, life, city. The three connect in a million ways every day. They can bring great joy and much sorrow. We all know that. But in Christ, all three fall into place. So one of the things we are always trying to do is how do we see the city as Christ sees the city? And that really was the big theme of the, of the sermon last week. And, and this week too, uh, we're going to continue with the same theme from the same passage uh, uh, that we looked at from the Bible last week. If this is your very first time in a church and, and you know nothing about the Bible, I, I would still assume that all of us are still very interested in calibrating our engagement with the city. How does one make life work in Mumbai? You know, deep down, that's the most important question I'm going to be wrestling with uh, this morning. And I do want to invite all of us, whether we are explorers or whether we are followers of Jesus, uh, to this new and very refreshing perspective through which Christ Jesus encourages us to, to see and engage with the city. That said, let me give us a quick two-minute background on, on the Bible passage we're going to be looking at uh, this morning. For 18 weeks now, we've been looking at the life of this man named Daniel. Daniel lived about uh, roughly 600 years before Christ Jesus was born. Daniel's people, the nation of Israel, uh, was the nation that God chose through whom to reveal Jesus Christ to the rest of the world. But even though they were chosen by God, Daniel's people rejected God and rebelled against him. They were doing terrible things like sacrificing their children to idols. And so to discipline these people, God allowed thousands of them to be captured and carried away as prisoners away from their beloved city of Jerusalem into the enemy city of Babylon. And when thousands of these people were living in exile in Babylon, an alien city, uh, God inspired a man named Jeremiah to write a letter to the people in Babylon, uh, giving them some guidelines on how to live in the city of, of Babylon. And that's the passage we're going to be uh, reading this morning. It'll come up for us. Let me read that out for us. This is from Jeremiah, a book in the Old Testament, chapter 29, verses 4 to 7. 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. This is God's word. Let's, let's pray. Father, we uh, thank you because you have placed us uh, in the city of Mumbai, Lord. And we pray for each of us for a revelation of Christ in the city. And we pray that as we receive this revelation of Jesus, that we will become more like him, loving and serving the city. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to just draw three things for us from this passage this morning. First, I want to look at why commit to the city. Second, we look at three wrong ways to engage with the city. And then we'll close with the gospel way to engage with the city. Why commit to the city? Three wrong ways to engage with the city. And the gospel way to engage with the city. Let's start with why commit to the city. Last week we majored on verse 7 from the passage. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. As we did that, we began to unpack the full and true meaning of this word welfare. We saw that this English word welfare actually came from the Hebrew word shalom in which the Old Testament was written and we saw shalom communicates a lot. We saw the full meaning of shalom includes completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, rest, harmony, and absence of agitation and, and discord. And we saw that shalom is a lot more than mere career success. And we closed last week with the exhortation that God is calling us through our work, through our arts, through the lives we live, to pray for and seek the shalom of our city. And today we're going to pick up the threads from there and we're going to explore the question, how do we seek the shalom of the city? How can each of us individually and all of us together, how can we seek the shalom of the city? And allow me to begin the answer of that question with a simple statement. We cannot pray for and seek the shalom of a city unless we are committed to that city for the long term. If we are not committing to live in Mumbai for the really long term, how on earth are we going to pray and seek for the shalom of Mumbai? And committing to a city, committing to the city where God's place and committing to Mumbai is not my idea. This is exactly what God is calling the Israelites to do in Babylon. Look at verse 5. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Tell me something. How many of us 
would look to buy a house in Mumbai if we are not planning to live here for a long time. Uh, or if you've just bought a house in Mumbai, which can be quite, quite an ordeal, uh, will you, will, are we likely to leave this city in a hurry? Not at all. So God is calling people to make a long-term commitment to the city of Babylon, and God is calling them to make big financial investments like buying a house so that they stay committed to the city. Look at verse 6 again. Take wives and sons and daughters. Take wives for your uh, sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, do not decrease. Get married in Mumbai. Have kids in Mumbai. Put your kids to school in Mumbai. Settle down in Mumbai. Don't even look for jobs outside Mumbai on your LinkedIn feed. <laughs> Don't. Stay in Mumbai. Have sons and daughters here. Get married. Even retire here in, in Mumbai. You know, that's what it, it kind of translates in our sense. 70 years. That's how long God was calling the Israelites to live in Babylon. He called them to stay put. That's what verses 6 and 7 mean. Build houses. Build a family there. Stay put. Stay committed. Seek the shalom of Babylon for 70 long years. Nothing less. 70 years is a whole lifetime. And can you see how long a commitment God is calling his people to make to Babylon, which we saw last week was a wicked city. It was a bad city for the, for, for the, for the Israelites. God is calling us to make a really long commitment to the city. You know, here God is calling them to make a commitment of almost a lifetime, 70 years. Uh, on, on a lighter note, if we buy a home in Mumbai, we're going to need at least two to three lifetimes to finish paying the EMI. That's, that's the reality of, of life in Mumbai. We cannot realistically pray for and seek the shalom of the city unless we are committed to the city for the really long term. I must hasten to add a caveat here. I'm aware that some of us are in the process of moving out of Mumbai. And I absolutely want to ensure that you don't feel any guilt or fear or whatsoever in any way about the move. Uh, if you've decided to make the move, uh, we want to show you that our prayers is that God will bless you and make you a blessing uh, into wherever, whichever city uh, you are moving into. But if you're kind of undecided, oh, and this is perhaps more likely the case, if, you, if we've kind of not even thought about our long-term future, then maybe, I just wonder, I just wonder, could it be that God is speaking to us even through the sermon? Some of us are searching for meaning and purpose in our lives. Again, I wonder, I just wonder if God has brought you to Mumbai to lead you into his purpose for you. And I wonder if your purposes, God's purposes for your life, lies in this city. But why is God calling us to a long-term commitment to the shalom of a city, any city? Why is God so passionate 
about cities? What, what's the big deal about cities? Why doesn't, uh, doesn't God love villages and small towns? Um, let's look at that. The answer to that question uh, lies in the very definition of a city. What makes a city a city? Is it just the infrastructure? Is it the roads? Is it the buildings? Not at all. Some of the defining characteristics of a city include a large number of people living in it, a very high density of population, people packed together, think Mumbai trains. <laughs> and not just people packed together, but a high level of interdependency among people. In cities, in many levels, economically, socially, culturally, people's lives are interlinked to each other. And God loves cities because it delights him to see people living in interdependent community. In a city, people's lives are just drawn closer together. We depend on so many people every single day for so many things. And we get the joy and the privilege and the responsibility of serving so many people in so many ways through our work, through our art, and through our loves. And so a high interdependency among people brings glory to God. When God sees people living in close community, serving each other, enriching one another with the gifts God has given each of us, it brings joy to God's heart. Because this is how he designed human beings to live. He wanted us, each of us, to use the amazing array of gifts he has given each of us in serving each other. And cities really facilitate this. You know, as a business journalist for many years, I always thought cities were an economic phenomenon. You know, this is where the jobs are, so people are coming in. It took me a long time to realize that cities are also a spiritual phenomenon enjoyed by God to facilitate greater human interdependence. Look at the very beginning, the creation account of, in the Bible. This is what God is calling us to. I'm reading from Genesis, the first book of the Bible, uh, which describes the creation account, chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them, all of mankind, and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So the command, fill the earth, think of it visually. Fill the earth means densely populated. Cities full of people. Again, because they are so closely together, the level of interdependency increases. This is God's plan for the world. And that's why committing to a city is a very biblical calling. Again, don't hear me wrong. I am not saying moving to another city is wrong. God could well call you to move to another city. Right? So I'm not saying that at all. I'm not also saying that we should never move cities. That's not what I'm saying. I am not saying that if you have a desire to move to another city for better prospects, I am not saying that is wrong. Please don't hear me wrong. But, but, I am calling you, I'm merely asking, is God calling you to make a long-term commitment to the shalom of Mumbai. I am merely asking that question. 
it is your prerogative to answer yes or no. And that's, you need to discern, you need to ask God, you need to wait on him. That's a decision you need to make. But perhaps, just perhaps, God is going to use me asking you this question to bring the clarity in your hearts. Especially if you've never thought about this before. I wonder, is God using me asking this question to bring the clarity into your heart? That's the first thing I wanted to unpack for us this morning. Why commit to a city? The second thing I'd like to talk about from this passage is three wrong ways to engage with the city. The first wrong way to engage with the city is to isolate our identity from the city or living as judgmental outsiders. You know, when Israel first came to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Babylon, their first instinct was to isolate themselves from the city. The city is bad. Uh, they prefer to stay in the fringe. They prefer to remain at the periphery. They chose to live as outsiders, not engaging with the culture of the city. Physically, perhaps, they lived in tents outside the main residential areas. Their mindset was, when and how do I get out of the city? That's all they wanted. Uh, initially, they did not believe what Jeremiah was telling them, that God's calling them to live in Babylon for 70 years. That's an entire lifetime. A lot of Christians, we take this approach even today. We feel the world is bad. We feel we should not engage with the world. We feel we should only listen uh, to Christian music. Uh, we should not engage with the music of the world. We fail to see our careers as God's calling. And we see our careers merely as a means to make money. And people who, who live as, uh, who, who tend to isolate themselves as Christians away from the city, they believe that the world is a bad place and only the church is good. You know, they don't make too many friends outside the church. They, they discourage their children from building deep friendships outside, the, uh, you know, with people who are not Christians. In other words, if we have this mindset, we are going to come... <coughs> excuse me. That was a long time coming, so... <laughs> In other words, they come to the city, they come to the church to hide from the city. They come to the church to hide from the city. They isolate from the city, building a Christian subculture, building a church subculture where they feel safe from the world. This is wrong. I'm not saying this is wrong. Jesus is very clearly saying this is wrong. In, in one conversation with his disciples, this is what Jesus said. Peace be with you. As the Father sent me into the world, I am sending you into the world. Where did the Father send his Son? To the world. And Jesus, if Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I am sending you, he's meaning that as the Father sent me into the world to go and engage with the people in the world, to engage with the city, so I am sending you. 
And so, because of this command of Jesus, we are not called to isolate ourselves from the city, but we are called to live as people who have been sent by God into the city. And so to live as outsiders is wrong. That's the first wrong way to engage with the city. The second wrong way to engage with the city is this. It is losing our identity to the city or living as compromised insiders. You know, the other extreme of living as judgmental outsiders is living as compromised insiders and completely losing our identity to the city. So here's a test. Here are a couple of uh, tests to see if we have indeed become compromised insiders. You know, most of us, I presume, we are not going to live as judgmental outsiders. We're too cool a people for that, aren't we? But I have to admit, and I speak for myself too, that we are at risk of living as compromised insiders. And so here's a test to figure out where we stand in this, in this really fine balance. How public we are about our faith in Jesus in the course of a normal day-to-day life, that's a good test of whether we have indeed been compromised or not. If we are hardly ever public about our faith, that's probably a sign that we are losing our unique identity as followers of Jesus to the city. Here's another test. When did we last humbly and respectfully express our disagreement on value-based issues in our workplace. You know, if we find that we are agreeing on the outside with people, especially in the context of our work, our careers, or arts, or whatever, it's when we find that we're agreeing with people on the outside, even though inside we are disagreeing with that, but we are afraid to express our disagreement gently and respectfully, that's another sign that we have become compromised insiders. You know, there are some good values in every city. We must celebrate these good values. But there are also some bad values in every city which we must reject. You know, one good value in Mumbai, for example, Mumbai celebrates work, the work and the arts. And that's beautiful. We must celebrate that. But one bad value in Mumbai is it'll expect, it'll even demand that we all be consumed with our work and our arts. That's something we must reject even as we embrace and celebrate the beauty of the goodness in uh, you know, each of these. <laughs> and so as I walk through these two wrong ways to engage with the city, I hope we're experiencing some tension. I said, we must not live as judgmental outsiders, isolating ourselves from the city. And I said, neither must we live as compromised insiders, compromised insiders, completely losing our identity to the city. We are not outsiders, and we are not insiders, so what are we? And that's the tension uh, that, that I want us to feel. That's the tension Jesus wants us to feel. Jesus wants us to be in the world, 
but not of the world. In the world, but not of the world. Look at John chapter 18, verses 15 to 16. Again, a prayer Jesus is making before his disciples. He's praying to his father for his disciples. My prayer is not that you take my disciples out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. So Jesus is praying, don't take them out of the world. They have to be in the world. But they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. That's the tension in which Jesus wants us to live, with, live in the city. We are not, we, he wants us to be in the world, in the city, but not of the city. <laughs> if these two are bad enough, and it's hard enough to live uh, in this tension we experience, there's an even worse way in which we engage with the city. And that's the third wrong way in which we engage with the city, which is building our identity at the city's expense or, to put it bluntly, living as parasites. Uh, even as we're looking at how God asked the people of Jerusalem to live in Babylon, that's, that's what we're really looking at this morning. It's also pertinent to see how Babylon treated Jerusalem. That's also in play here. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He took all he wanted and he left. He came to Jerusalem, destroyed God's temple, took all the gold and silver articles and he left. He came to Jerusalem he took all the professionals, he took all the artists, he took all the skilled people, he took them as slaves, and then he left. So Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem, sucked the city dry like a parasite, and he left. And the question I'd like us to consider is aren't we also perhaps treating Mumbai like Nebuchadnezzar to Jerusalem. Think about it. What's our posture towards Mumbai? Why did we come here? We came here because Mumbai, perhaps because Mumbai offered us a better job. We came here perhaps because Mumbai offered us a better education. We came here because Mumbai offered us better audience and better patronage for the art forms we are passionate about. We came here maybe because Mumbai is a better market for the businesses we are trying to set up. So we've come, just like Nebuchadnezzar, to take from the city. Let's take a moment here. Let's think about this. From the first time you came to Mumbai, how much has the city given you? How much has she built us? And, and what have we given back to the city? What have we given back to the city? If we are building our, our identity at the city's expense, aren't we also living as parasites? You know, we take and we take and we take and we take and we take from the city in, in very subconscious ways. We, we draw our identity from the city. We draw our value from the city. We gain economically from the city. But the question is, how are we giving back something to the city? And that's the third wrong way to engage with the city, which is building our identity at the city's expense or living 
as parasites. So let me quickly sum up the three wrong ways to engage with the city. Isolating our identity from the city or living as judgmental outsiders. That's the wrong way. Losing our identity to the city or living as compromised insiders. That's the wrong way. Building our identity at the city's expense or sucking the life out of the city and giving nothing back, living as parasites. That's the third wrong way to engage with the city. This is not how God called the people of Jerusalem to live in Babylon. This is not how Jesus is calling us to live in the city of Mumbai. That brings us to the last thing that I want to draw for us from the passage. The gospel way to engage with the city. The gospel way to engage with the city. You know, this again brings us back to verse 7, which we've really been exploring and wrestling with since last week. But seek the shalom of the city where I have sent you into exile. However bad that city may be, however challenging, intimidating that city may be, seek the shalom of the city and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its shalom you will find your shalom. We as a church, we will find our shalom only in the shalom of the city. We saw that last week. And so, God is calling every one of us to also give to the city and not just take from it. God is calling us to look beyond just our own shalom to seek the shalom of the city. You know, even as I say this, I don't disagree with it at all. And, and I doubt if anyone here is going to uh, stand up and say, no, no, I don't think we should think about the good of the city. None of us are going to say that. All of us are going to say, yes, we want to be there for the good of the city. But the reality is, don't we all, don't we all fail to do the good things that we know we should be doing and even desire to do? And so the question I want to kind of land with this morning as we draw the sermon to a close is how do we find the desire and the motivation, the desire and the motivation to seek, pray for, and work for the shalom of the city? How do we keep ourselves motivated every day? How do we keep reminding ourselves that a career is not just about our personal success? It's also about building those around us. How do we stay on that track? And the answer lies in seeing the city as Christ sees the city. And how did Jesus, how did Jesus see the city? Jesus left his perfect heavenly home and he came as an exile to the city. The book of John, which we've been reading, he came to that which was his own, yet his own did not receive him. Jesus loved the city. Jesus wept over the city. Jesus gave himself to the city. He helped the poor. He healed the sick in the city. He served the marginalized in the city. He worked for the inclusion of those who are put out at the fringe. 
He gave everything to the city and he took nothing from the city. And yet what did he get in return? Rejection. The city Jesus came to rejected Jesus. It rejected Jesus even in his death. So much so, when the city decided to crucify Christ Jesus, when the city decided to crucify God himself on the cross, they decided Jesus was not worthy to be crucified within the city. They decided the city would, be, would become unclean if Jesus were to be crucified in the city. And so they took Jesus outside the city gate so that his death shouldn't bring any uncleanness to the city. They took Jesus outside the city gates and they crucified him outside the city. The book of Hebrews tells this beautifully for us, Hebrews in the New Testament. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make people holy through his own blood. It is in dying outside the city gates, punished by God, punished by God the Father for all of your sins and mine. It is in dying outside the city gate that Jesus purchased for us the right to enter into his eternal city one day so that we might live forever with him. Because of Jesus' death outside the city gates, we have this hope that we will one day live with God himself for eternity in a perfect heavenly city. And so, in that sense, we are all also in exile in Mumbai or wherever city God may take us to, waiting for the perfect and uh, heavenly and eternal city of Jesus, which is our true and ultimate home. One day, we know Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to come back to set all the wrongs of the city right. When he comes back, we know there will be no more poverty. There will be no more abuse. There will be no more exploitation. There will be no more starvation. And he is going to come and usher in a perfect kingdom here on earth. Heaven on earth. Everything beautiful. And he's going to accomplish that. Not just by his power, but he's going to accomplish that by the sacrifice that he gave for us by giving himself up to death on the cross. And so I want to close with this one very simple application. Something for us perhaps to think through the coming week and maybe a few weeks after that. Will we seek God this week and ask him if he's calling us to a long-term commitment to Mumbai? It's for us to decide. It's, not, it's for you to decide. It's not for me to say. But would we take that time, especially if we've never thought of this question before, would we take that time to see if God is calling you to a long-term commitment to Mumbai? And this commitment is not just to the city. This commitment 
is to live in deep interconnected relationship with each other in UCD together, us living in an interdependent community with each other so that together we can save, we can serve the city. That's part of, of our calling too. Let's pray. Father, we worship you, Lord. And Lord, we acknowledge that um, we have often lived either as outsiders or, or lived as compromised insiders. Oh Lord, we've, we've often just taken from the city. But Lord, we come before you. We, we look at Christ Jesus, who was crucified outside the city gates, that Lord, we could have citizenship in this eternal city. And I pray, Lord, that this hope that we have will change our perspectives and will enable us, Lord God, to live here in Mumbai with an eye on the eternal city and to desire for Mumbai every goodness that we will experience and enjoy in the eternal city. Lord, give us grace by, uh, by your son, Christ Jesus, that we might serve the city and be a blessing in the city individually and as a church. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.